He's got a beautiful back swing. Dad, oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. What is good, everybody? Welcome into the 73rd Hole Podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. We do have Colby Powell with us today, Jim Woodward and Taylor Williams. As always, this is Sam Humphreys. And guys, obviously the big news in the game of golf is live, but we need more time to talk about it, and we have the Memphis FedEx St. Jude playoff event this week. So we had to get our preview and DraftKings and one and done all out for the people before uh, we spend, you know, an hour and a half or maybe even two hours on live later on this week. So guys, let's go ahead and start previewing Memphis and T-Dub. I'll start with you. Uh, who do you like this week? What kind of uh, player do you like this week? And, and and Memphis is a course we've seen a lot, but we've never seen it in a playoff event. Yeah, Memphis has kind of got thrown around the last few years, hasn't it? I mean, for the longest time, it was the week before the U.S. Open, and now or then it went to be a World Golf Championship event that um, that Abraham Anter ended up winning last year. That was where Cam Smith hit the tree and went out of bounds, and then ended up prevailing at the players, but now we've got it as a as the first event of the playoff season. So it's a, it's a cool little course. I really like it. I always liked it even back before when it was just uh, the start of the U.S. Open. And you kind of look at who's who's done the best over the course of the history here, Sam. It does it prevails the iron players for sure. Um, generally, driving distance isn't one of the more prominent things at uh, at uh, TBC Southwind. So, I, and I really like the fact that the last few holes, in particular, in particular, eighteen is such a hard hole. So it definitely you definitely have to be able to hit the shots when you need to there. There's there's a lot of guys who tend to make this a good course, a horse for a course, so we have to look out for it. Um, Bruce Koepka was one of the guys who absolutely loved this course, and obviously he's not going to be playing there because of all the lift stuff this year. So kind of a little bit more open, and I'm interested to see how definitely some of the guys in the top you know, 195 range do uh, in the FedEx Cup because they're going to have to have a good week to move up into the top 70, Sam. Yeah, absolutely. And Colby, obviously, this is a TPC Southwind. I played a big AJGA there. It was always one of the harder courses for juniors just because there's so much water on the course. I mean, uh, <laughs> TPC Southwind is one of those courses you've got to keep it in the fairway um, and hit your irons pretty well as well, right? Yeah, I was just fixing to say it's all the water out there that makes the guys' lives miserable. Uh, I mean, you watch it, this is going to be probably one of the highest uh, tournaments of the year with all the water on the course as far as balls going in there. Uh, the numbers might not match up since it's not a 156-man field. It's a 120-man field. There's been five withdrawals, I think. Uh, Daniel Berger's not in. Just about half an hour ago, Hideki Matsuyama had to withdraw again with the neck injury. Uh, been dealing with pretty much – he's played hardly any golf. He's withdrawn four times in the last four months, and he got DQ'd at Memorial. So Hideki's played hardly any golf. Uh, but, no, I, I like this golf course. I like this tournament. It's really provided us with some pretty entertaining moments over the years, and I think that there's a, a good chance that we get some more uh, this week. You know, I've got, we're obviously diving into all the live stuff tomorrow, but we do pretty much know that Cameron Smith is going. So we kind of have the will he or won't he throughout the playoffs, which creates another interesting little storyline. Uh, and then, you know, Rory, JT, Scheffler, kind of those guys at the top. Uh, yeah, I think the FedEx Cup playoffs are going to be great. Uh, I think the Cam Smith angle adds a little wrinkle into it, uh, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. What have you ever played out there? Here's a great story for you. You guys will love this one. I always like to pull out my funny ones for you. I believe it was 91 I played there. I shoot 77 the first round. My two little girls are with me at the time, and one of the guys in the gallery had just had a litter of uh, Labrador puppies. And uh, my my kids were missing home and missing dogs, and so he invited him over to play with the puppies. And, of course, if you anybody played with a Labrador puppy, you you know what they said, Dad, can we have one? Well, I was on the road, and I just shot 77. I wasn't in a very good mood. But I said, I'll tell you what, if I make the cut, you can have one. <laughs> well, I felt pretty safe. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. well, guess, what, guess, what I, guess what I did the second day? I went out and shot 65. 63. No, I shot 63. 63. <laughs> I, had the course record, I had the course record at that time. I'm on you cloud nine. dog. Yeah, I'm on cloud nine. I'm excited as hell. I get through with my uh, interviews and all that fun stuff, and I walk out, and there's my girls. 
Daddy, let's go pick our puppy. And I went, oh, crap. I, I, so guess what? Next week at the uh, Western Open, I had uh, I had a new puppy I was dragging around. So uh, the golf course, just like you guys said, can bite you, but it'll it'll give up a lot of low numbers. If, they, if they're, they're striking the ball good, you can shoot some low numbers there. So I look for a I look for a shootout. I look for some guys going deep. Colby uh, spot on. Uh, it, it sure seems like Cam Smith's going to go because he won't say he's not. So will he play his fanny off the next three weeks and try to win this FedEx? I think he will. He's probably my favorite going into this, believe it or not. So yeah, I look for a lot of low numbers, a lot of birds. T-Dub, I'm curious, when you were making your picks for today, are you factoring in um, how guys have played in the playoffs in the past, or is it more uh, horse-for-course, course-history type stuff? I, I think for this week, guys, I, I lean more towards the kind of horse-for-course guys that have played here well in the past. And But I will say, like, next week, it's, it's at a course that no one that they haven't played on tour as far as I know. So I would definitely think that would be a little bit more towards the time of the year, you know, someone like Tony Fina, we mentioned, he won the, the uh, basically the defending champions. It's not the same course. And he's won twice in the last three weeks or whatever. So he's one of those people who might just play really good this time of year with it being the, the first of August or whatever. So you have to always kind of look at that. But generally, I'm looking at guys that, that have played this course really well. Kobe mentioned Hideki's not playing. He had pretty good success here, finished second here last year. Zalatoris in his only attempt has finished eighth here last year. Um, Justin Thomas won back here in 2020. Shane Lowry has a really good uh, record here. So I'm looking for those guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we won't, won't be seeing him. Um, almost got to see Taylor Gooch, but uh, we'll be more on that later in the week. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think that I'm going to lean more towards the guys that have, that have played well here just because it's just one of those courses that I feel like, because Colby mentioned with all the water and stuff, it has to suit your eye because you get on a lot of those tee boxes, you're going to be pretty uncomfortable. So there will be a few people who haven't played here before who come out and play well. That's just the nature of the beast. But I do expect a lot of guys who, who have played well here in the past uh, to do it again this week, Sam. And Colby, I'm looking at this list of guys that are in this tournament, and there's a lot of value here. I mean, you can get guys like a Jordan Spieth or a Colin Morikawa or even a John Rahm for less uh, than you would normally get them. Who is your value uh, pick or a couple guys before we get to DraftKings? What value are you looking at? Maybe best bets of the week. Yeah, some of those guys in the middle tier that you just mentioned, because the top tier is now pretty much being reserved for Rory Scheffler, Cam, JT, Rom. I mean, those guys are up there at the top. So you look a little bit further down. I think Spieth is a guy who could maybe make a run in the playoffs. Spieth has really done a good job of keeping himself out of all the drama and just kind of focusing on his game. He's played some good golf at times throughout the year. I also just feel like at some point, Colin Morikawa is too talented to not just have it click one week, you know, to not just have that little baby fade with his irons come back have a good week with the putter. Uh, so speed the Morikawa are a couple I'd look at. If I go down a little bit further, even can probably, I don't know if you still call him a sleeper after last week or not, but guys, I love me some Tom Cam. This kid turns 20 years old in June, comes out needing to win last week. Sunday 61 wins by five. And then yesterday they asked him uh, if he was excited to get his first big paycheck on the PGA Tour. And he's like, yeah, I didn't even look. Tiger didn't look. Just played off. Colby, by the way, so I've heard him called Tom. I've heard him called J.H. I've heard him called Ju Young Kim. What? So he likes to go by Tom. Is that correct? Yeah. So whenever he was a kid, nobody could pronounce his name. His first name is Ju Young Kim is his name. And he nobody could pronounce it whenever he was young. And he loved Thomas the Train. He carried a Thomas the Train around with him everywhere he goes. I've got a picture of him that I took last week. Somebody posted on Twitter of him when he's like three years old carrying a Thomas the Train around. So he decided when he was a little kid, I'm Tom. Everybody call me Tom. And now he's Tom. That's what he goes by. So, yeah, Tom Kim, 20 years old, PGA Tour winner, made his way to the playoffs. Well, I, Woody, I don't think that uh, many people mispronounced your first name, Jim. Uh, but anyways, let's get to uh, three guys that I'm curious to see who you would pick out of these three guys this week. Sam Burns, Max Homa, Victor Hovland, and they are all uh, right there next to each other in Data Golf's favorites, uh, about 20 guys down. One thing we do know for sure, guys, I can give you 18 million reasons why they're all going to be focused for three weeks. So picking 
a horse for a course, whatever you guys might have said, man, $18 million on the line, I think everybody's going to be on their horse. Of those three, I'm going to go with Victor. And a lot of people would say, why? And I'll, I'll just tell you because he still hasn't dominated like I think he can. I think with $18 million at the end of the road, when this is over, he's going to be extremely focused. We haven't got to see a lot of these guys lately because they've taken weeks off preparing for this. So I hate in golf that you gave me three names. Well, you know, I can get a dartboard and throw it. Maybe <laughs> right. hit it. So none of them are bad. None of them are bad. None of them are going to be lacking. It's who putt. Who's got the hot putter the next three weeks? We've seen it too much this this year, guys. That flat stick changes everything. So, having said that, Victor's probably not the best of those three putters, but I think he's a, I think he's due to have a hot streak. That's what I think. So I'd I'd pick him. T Dub, I'm going to surprise a lot of people with this, but one guy that I am off of this week and maybe throughout the playoffs is the Open champion, Cam Smith. And the reason why is two reasons. I think he might be a little distracted um, of all the media attention of him going to live. I think it's probably imminent at this point. Um, And the fact that he hasn't played since the Open Championship, T-Dub. So, to me, Cam Smith, a guy that I'm normally extremely high on and that I think his game suits these courses that they will play in the playoffs. I mean, we, we saw him barely lose out last year in Memphis, T-Dub, am I wrong to be off the Cam Smith bandwagon throughout these playoffs? You know, honestly, Sam, I think you're 100% right here. You know, you look at the analytics, especially this week, he's ranked as the eighth best favorite. I expected him to be up around the third or, or fourth range. So, definitely the analytics, I think, are on that side. You look at the guys with the best chance to end up winning the FedEx Cup at the end of the road. He's currently second in the rankings, but by the analytics, he's got the fifth best chances to win. So, the analytics are on your side, too, and I just think that, when you're dealing with off the course stuff, no matter what it is, right? And it just and seems I actually like agree he, with him, T Dub. And I agree with his decision. If he does go to live, I'm just saying it's a distraction, especially when a lot of players will know that he's going. And, and you know, I think it's going to be a little bit awkward, too, right? Well, it's like when he got during his press conference yesterday, it's every single question coming at him, and he knows that he can't come out and say really what probably the truth is. So I, I definitely agree with you. I think there's just too much going on off the course there. And, and even so, like we hear the rumors, maybe $100 million that he's getting or whatever, maybe be more than that. So all of a sudden, whenever you get that coming in, it, it, I will say this, it could end up motivating him. He could be one of those people to say, hey, I'm going to go ahead and win this FedEx Cup, and then I'm just going to go ahead and leave and bolt to, to make some sort of statement. He could do that. But I will say this, Sam, you, you've been right on Cam Smith virtually 95 to 100% of the time. And I do remember, in particular, you faded him at the U.S. Open where he missed the cut. And I was pretty shocked. I was like, man, I can't believe Sam's actually fading Cam Smith somewhere. So it seems like you've got some sort of sixth sense with, with Cam on when he's going to play good or not. So I'm going to ride your train as far as we can, Sam. I like that. Uh, Colby, let me ask you about another guy, Xander Shoffley. How does he continue to go under the radar? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's because for a long time he couldn't win, but he's kind of figured that out. And this has kind of been the year of first, right? Like guys who never could win before have just rattled off these wins in first. Scotty Scheffler, yes, he's a young guy. He hadn't been out on tour for very long, but he was kind of known as the the big up-and-coming guy who hadn't won. Boom, four times in six weeks. Xander Shoffley, it's been five years since he won an individual full-field PGA Tour event with a cut. Boom, wins in back-to-back weeks. Tony Finau, Tony Finau is notorious for being one of the, you know, best players who just can't find ways to get it across the finish line on the PGA Tour. Boom, wins in back-to-back weeks. So it's like these guys, the narrative is slower than the actual reality. Like these guys have, for what it, whatever clicked with Vander Shoffley, like he just figured out how to win, did it two tournaments in a row at the Travelers and the Scottish. Same thing with Tony Finau. It's like these guys are so talented. We kind of thought at some point maybe it clicked, and it seems like it has for both of those guys. So I think he's just flying a little under the radar because of the, the Xander can't win narrative that maybe hasn't quite caught up yet. Maybe some people are thinking that it's fluky that he won those tournaments. I don't know, but Xander's a really good player. He's one of the best players in the world. He has been for the last five years. The only thing that was lacking was that back nine on Sunday, and he seems to have kind of figured that out. 
You know who shouldn't fly under the radar? That's Ring Family Dentistry. In more ways than one, they treat families of all ages, uh, but their team consists of Phil and Brennan Ring, doctors Phil and Brennan Ring. I know them personally, and they are the best dentists in Oklahoma City. They do implants, clear liner, orthodontics, and every decision is made by the patient. Uh, Woody, this past week, I've played a little more golf than normal, and I got to use my Groove It brush. By the way, go to GrooveItBrush.com, enter promo code 73rd hole and get 10% off of your Groove It brush. But Woody, I have a question. The first day back always seems so easy. I was rolling the rock. It was amazing. Yesterday, uh, I went out and played with my dad and Skip Bayless uh, out at Lincoln Park. And, and Woody, I couldn't make a putt to save my life. And I I don't think I was thinking too much, but maybe I was. Woody, what is going on with me? I One day I, I can putt, you know, like Ben Crenshaw, and the next day I'm putting like Will Zalatoris. Well, I, I don't know about that. Now, easy, easy. But 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 what's funny is I loved your text as I saw him briefly yesterday where all of a sudden where you were having fun the other day. Now you're not having any fun anymore because you couldn't make a putt. I remember well, why I quit now. Yeah. And, and when, you're, when you're talking about putting, nobody putts good every day. They, they don't. They, well, I shouldn't say they don't put good. They don't put great every day, and and so what will, what will happen is if you had that really good round or you had a good putting round, then you think, oh, I got it. I figured it out. Well, the golf gods love to hear you say, I got it, because no, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> and so when you went out the next time, you were anticipating putting really good, and I'll ask you this question. Were you close to making putts, or were you three-putting, or were you doing just really stupid things, or were you hitting pretty good putts that just weren't going in? To be fair, it was Lincoln Park, so I was missing a bunch of 8- to 15-footers, Woody. Right, but were they close? Were they hitting a lip, or were they they looking like they were going to go in and didn't go in? I would say about 75% of them were pretty good putts, uh, but the rest of them just weren't even close. Okay, well... Then you have to go back to the point that, hey, I'm still rolling my rock pretty good. Uh, maybe maybe today it wasn't the day. The other thing you got to look at is maybe that day you played and you were putting really good. For some reason, your speeds were right and you were reading the greens better. And then you went to Lincoln and you might not have read the greens as good or your speed was a little off. And it could have been, uh, I don't know, did you have some alcohol the night before? Um, you know, I where you have not. just a little bit of different feel <laughs> on your hands. And, Maybe that was uh, the problem, Sam. Yeah, uh, I, I think right. I, I'm telling you guys, there's a lot of variables that go into putting well and and then putting great. And I still think of the great putters honestly believe they were going to make everything. And if they don't, they can't wait for the next day because they think, oh, hell, that was just a that was a fluke. I, I'm a great putter. I'm gonna make them today. So I, I would I would challenge you, Sam. Don't don't question anything. Don't look at your stroke. Don't go. Oh, I, I had it and then lost it. You still got it, dude. That's the thing. The next time you go out, try your best to read the putt as good as you can. Get the speed right. And really, don't worry about it going in the hole. Just hit the best putt you can. And sometimes funny things happen. Boom, you make them. Well, what Sam, I, Sam, I, we need we need a we need a full tee to green review of Skip Bayless's golf game. By the way, <laughs> um, you know, Skip, for being seventy years old, he has to be in the best shape for a seventy year old that I I have ever seen in my life. I'm not kidding. It, it include professional athletes and everything. Uh, I would put Skip up there with them. He can hit the driver, man. He, he was pounding this driver. He had this new shaft. I, I can't remember the name of the shaft. I would have to get it from him. Um, but he, he said he got fitted for a new shaft. And that's, that's the main thing um, for a lot of amateurs that are just weekend warriors. But they don't realize that the shaft means everything in the driver. Driver heads are all pretty much the same. But he got this new shaft in. He's hitting about 20 yards farther um, you know, it, his short game's okay, but he never plays, guys. I mean, the guy is a workaholic. Uh, so it, it, I was really impressed. He shot probably around 80 each day, if I had to guess. That's solid. 
Yeah, he's not bad. So, uh, by the way, what I was trying to lead to, Woody, uh, you told us not to practice until our ALZ scramble. Hashtag end ALZ scramble. Uh, Benefiting Alzheimer's, Tyler Marks. uh, You can hit him up on Facebook if you want a team. Hashtag end ALZ scramble coming to Oak Tree Family Side on August 29th, they'll tee off at 9 a.m., have breakfast and lunch for all the participants, have great prizes and benefit a great cause. Woody, I promise you, I promise on everything that I own that I will not touch a club until that day. <laughs> I love it. And, and, and here's what you're going to do. You're going to putt first. <laughs> yeah, you're going to okay. putt first. And, guys, I'll putt last. And what I'm going to tell you is I hope I never have to get my putter on the green. I shouldn't have to putt. If you three, if we hit it as good as we should hit it, I should never have to putt. But if I'm the last guy to putt, I'm one of the four that would probably have the best give-a-shit attitude of all of us, and I've got the best chance to make that fourth one. So, But you're going to putt first, Sam, because I don't want you even grinding. I don't even want you thinking about it. You're going to find a line. You're going to just roll the rock, and I'm going to go, there it is, in the hole again. Let's get in the car, boys. <laughs> Woody, Woody, we got two people using the claw in front of us. I don't think there's a chance in hell we're going to have to putt. I don't either. I, I'm telling you, I don't. I, if I have to putt, I'm gonna be really disappointed in you, boys. If it gets past Sam, I'm making everything. I'm just letting you know. There you <laughs> beautiful, go. Beautiful, beautiful guys. Uh, by the way, T Dub and, and, and Colby, you guys have played in a lot of scrambles. Do you have any uh, scramble strategies that you normally like to use? You know, as far as strategy goes, definitely try to figure out in a four man scramble is a little different than a two man scramble, two man scramble. You definitely want to prioritize who's going to be the most clutch player hitting second, because you never know where the first person is going to hit in someone who can free up more. We, we've already got the putting strategy figured out. Um, but, but really what it comes down to in the scrambles guys, what I'm learned is you need to be able to make a couple of Eagles on the par fives and you need to birdie the par three. So I feel like we, we made this vow to not go practice, but, Colby, I feel like we need to start maybe at least hit a few mid-irons out there because I know we'll have some tees up probably at, at the East Course. But still, we're going to have to hit some good solid six or seven irons, especially if the wind gets to blowing. Yeah, by the way, y'all must have made the vow not to practice on a show I wasn't on. I've been a little busy lately. I do not take that vow. I've got the golf bug, fellas. I've been trying. I mean, it's still kind of hard, but usually like one day a week whenever I'm off and, and there's nothing going on, I go out and play. I've got four rounds in a row, sub-76. That's kind of a little heater for me, Woody. So I'm feeling good. I've got the bug. I'm going to keep trying to play once a week. I don't know if I'm going to be able to, but I'm going to keep trying to, and uh, hopefully we'll be good to go. <laughs> You're okay, Colby. I'm not worried about you. You practice if you want to. You go ahead and do whatever you need to do. <laughs> hey. I, 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 want, I, want, I want Sam and T-Dub to make sure they can drive the golf ball somewhere where I can get a, a, a club on it, and I'll take it from there, okay? <laughs> so, I'm not going to well, – there's two things I don't want to do on that day, guys. I don't want to hit a driver, and I don't want to hit a putt. Other than that, I'll, I'll come through in the clutch for you. Guys, Hopefully I don't have to hit a driver either because Sam hits in a different zip code than I do. <laughs> I understand. I'm putting the heat on Sam. I, I, don't, I don't even care if Sam doesn't make a putt that day. Drive the golf ball 330 somewhere where I can get a club on it, and I'll be a happy camper. I can do that. I can do that. Uh, speaking of scrambles, guys, I feel like the best strategy in a scramble is to cheat, apparently, because every time I go in and shoot 18 to 22 <laughs> under, uh, we lose by about five. Uh, quick story on that. One time, I won't say the scramble that I lost in the week before, but we shot about 21 under and lost it, it, to a bunch of guys that did not look like they had ever played golf in their life. So... What I did, knowing that I had a scramble the next Monday, I called my friend Nick Heinen and said, caddies for Matt Wolf, and said, hey, you know, I, I need a, you know, another partner for this scramble that I'm playing in next week, uh, benefiting the OCS uh, cheer team. And so we went out there and uh, we won by 10 shots in the scramble the very next week. So sometimes you just got to, you know, have a better team or cheat, right? Well, we're not going to cheat. Well, we don't I, have to. What I'm saying is the other people do, right? They, they <laughs> apparently have a bajillion mulligans. I, and, and you know what? If they cheat and they win and they can go home and go to bed at night, uh, you know, I'm going to count on God to get them in the long run, okay? <laughs> but I'm not cheating. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful stuff, guys. Uh, let's hit a break, and then after the break, we're going to get to the DraftKings and one and done for TPC Southwind uh, right here on 
Oh, I almost said Oklahoma's leader in golf. That's the sports animal, by the way. We have our radio show every Sunday at 10 a.m. Uh, if you want to listen, if you're in the Oklahoma City area. But we'll be right back on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McRae Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof, it is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at McRaeRoofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y Roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McRae Roofing for your free inspection today. And we are back here on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Go get all your local golf news from GolfOklahoma.org. Kim McLeod, Chris Swafford doing a great job up in Tulsa with GolfOklahoma.org. Guys, uh, Woody is going to have to go uh, later on in this second segment. So, Woody, I want to start with you and just get a few guys that you may like this week and pick a winner for us here at uh, TPC Southwind. This is probably the hardest week you'll ever try to pick one because I think they're all focused and they're really going to want to go. Um, I, I'm going to, I'm going to go with that, that my, my kind of my long shot is Taylor Moore. I think he's going to have a good week. I really do. And I think that golf course sets up good for him. I, I think he's excited of where he is. I don't think he's the kind of guy that goes, wow, what a great year. Look what I've done. I think he's not finished yet. Does it and worry then, you he hasn't played there yet, Woody? Not in the least. It, it, the TPC Southwind, it sets up right. It's right in front of you. There's no tricks. You you just you just got to drive the ball really well and hit your irons really quick, clean. Uh, mm-hmm. Par threes are par threes are difficult on this Southwind. They're, they'll they'll bite you. Okay, yep. but I just think he's on a heater, as you guys were saying, and I think he's not satisfied where he is. I think it'd be hard not to be. It'd be really hard for me to go, man, I had a great year and lay my guard down. I don't think he's that guy. I think he's going to come out of that box and he's going to, he's going to have a, a really good week this week and he's going to get in that BMW and hopefully he'll just keep on the roll. What will amaze you guys, the guy that's going to win, I'm going completely opposite of what all y'all were talking about. I'm going with Cam Smith. Wow. I think he's got a, I think he's got a chip on his shoulder. I think he knows where he's going. I think he is perfectly good with his decision. I don't think he gives a rat about anybody, what they think of him. I think he's got his little mullet. He's going to putt like he always does. And I, I'm thinking that he is going to win the FedEx Cup. That's my prediction. That would be beautiful. I would love that, Woody. Um, Woody, do you have anything else? Any final thoughts? Any parting thoughts? I uh, I don't. I just hope nobody offers their children a dog. Although that dog turned out great. That dog was a great Labrador retriever. He was a great duck. <laughs> or I shouldn't say he. It was she. It was a female. The only thing she did is she chewed through the sheetrock in my laundry room. That was the only thing that kind of pissed me off about it. But other than that, she was a really good dog. So uh, it worked out good for me. I think, like I said earlier, guys, I think it's going to be a shootout. I look forward to tomorrow's show. Hopefully, we'll get our special guests on. That'll be a that'll be an interesting show because I love having Colby in there because Colby's going to have to fight for that PGA Tour, and I want to hear what he's got to say about that. It's uh, going to be a big show that. tomorrow so, for sure. Big big show tomorrow. I don't want to leave you guys, but I got to. I got sod being delivered, and I got to <laughs> put it down. So I got to go to work. Sounds good, Woody. You have a good one. All right. See you, boys. See ya. See you, Colby, speaking of kids, how is little Layla doing? Because we haven't talked in a while, and we haven't heard Layla on the podcast anytime recently. She's doing great. She's actually in my arms right now. She was on the floor, but she was screaming on the floor. 
So now she's in my arms, just hanging out. But uh, yeah, doing great. She rolled over this past weekend, which was a lot of fun. She started laughing, so she's becoming more of a person and less of a potato, which has been fun. <laughs> That's beautiful, uh, guys. Let's go ahead and dive into DraftKings. Uh, let's see who won. You know, when, when is the last time we actually went over our DraftKings? It's, it seems like an eternity. Was it the British Open? It probably, oh, yeah, probably so. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, I guess I'll go ahead and start it off then, guys, since uh, I'm banned, so it doesn't even matter anyways. Uh, <laughs> let's go with uh, <laughs> 6,800, guys. I'm going to agree with Jim Woodward on this one. I'm going Taylor Moore. Three top 10s, 15 of 25 made cuts. I love the way he's been playing lately, guys. And at 6,800, I was just looking for a guy that I think is going to make the cut, and I think that T. Moore makes the cut this week in Memphis, T-Dub. I like that pick, Sam. I almost went that route. I needed an extra hundred more dollars to get to Taylor Moore. I wasn't able to, so I went just below you there. At 6,700, a guy who did the exact same thing as Taylor Moore last week, played really well, didn't finish fifth, didn't finish in eighth. But that's Audubon Lahiri. Looking at the stats, he gained 1.67 approach last week, 1.2 off the tee. So he's got something figured out with his swing. He did lose over a stroke on the green to still finish top 10. So I think he's going to be able to translate that ball striking uh, to this course. And just like you said, Sam, uh, going with someone sub-7,000 who can make the cut, sounds like a pretty good deal to me, Colby. Yeah, no doubt. My uh, my first draft, pick, draft Kings pick, I don't love it. I really don't. It's, there's something in the back of my head something in the hippocampus in my brain. I'm not really sure what's going on. The what? The what in your brain? That's a good word. That's a good word. The the hippocampus. Give it a Google. Uh, (laughs) It's a part of the brain, Sam. I I grasped that. He used a lot of it. He uses hippocampus to to say hippocampus. (laughs) Or however the hell you pronounce it. I can't fucking pronounce it. It's the part of my brain that's making me run out Ricky Fowler at 6,400. Oh, my gosh. Because I feel like I'm so let me explain. So last week, he misses the cut Friday. He finishes his round. He knows he's going to miss the cut. He's not going to make it. So he's like 127 in the projections when he misses the cut. Somehow, he weasels his way in at 124, and then everybody gets bumped to spot because Tom Kim gets added. Now he's at 125. I feel like there was some sort of destiny for him to get from 127 on Friday afternoon to 125 on Sunday afternoon while he missed the cut. So I'm just going to ride that destiny wave and think that maybe Ricky plays well in Memphis this week. So I'll run him out at that 6,400. Uh, and then my next one, I'm going to take the free space at 6,800. Guys, Taylor Moore is playing really good golf. This is this is not like, oh, let's have a great week, the final week of the season to sneak into the playoffs. He's inside the top 70, I believe, right now in the FedEx standing. FedEx standing, playing good golf. Uh, needs two really good weeks to make it to East Lake. If he made it to East Lake his rookie season on tour, it'd be incredible. So, uh, yeah, I'll take Taylor Moore at Guys, I think that Taylor Moore has passed being a homer pick these last couple of weeks. I think it's just a great value yes. pick now. Similar to yeah, what Taylor Beach was when we, when we started our show. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes, he started to find the form. Yeah, definitely. It, it can take some time, right, to get adjusted to the tour, and Taylor Moore was able to do that. So, I absolutely love that real, pick real there. I'm going to... Real quick, let me throw this out there. I looked up the uh, FedEx Cup standings to see exactly where he officially stands. He is in the number one spot on the FedEx Cup standings, which is, of course, 69. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. So I'm going to go up. My next pick, boys, give me 7,600. Give me ball striking Corey Connors. This is a guy who, who likes this course, has made the cut. He's played there five times, made the cut the last four, um, last four times, last two weeks. He's played as well as last week at the win and finished 21st, gaining more than a stroke. Approached a green and almost a full stroke off the tee. And he's made five of his last six cuts. Actually, one of his best finishes was six back at the Canadian Open. So, Corey Carter's playing some pretty good golf, Sam. And I really like that pick for mid-7,000 value. Guys, I love my next pick. It's the best value of the week in DraftKings or best bets. Uh, 7,200. Alex Noren, guys, three top tens on the year, 15 of 20 meg cuts. But when I go back to his previous history at TPC Southland, he's finished fourth and eighth there the last two years. Uh, and he finished second in Barracuda the last time he teed it up, 30th at the Scottish Open. We haven't seen Alex Noren in a while, kind of, but what I'm saying is Alex Noren has been playing really solid golf, and 7,200 is too low. Um, and then my next pick I also love 
Aaron Wise. And and Aaron Wise comes in at 7,700 this week, uh, and he's finished 21st, 43rd, and 5th here at TPC Southwind. And recently, he finished 13th at the Wyndham, 34th at the British Open, finished 2nd at the Memorial this year, 6th in Mexico. He's played really solid golf uh, so far this year. I think that Alex Noren and Aaron Wise are both too low uh, this week uh, for the first playoff event. Yeah, I really I really like that that uh, Aaron Wise pick, Sam. I almost had him in my lineup as well. I'm going to go up from 7,600 to 7,800. Give me Terrell Hatton. Terrell Hatton's been playing some really good golf lately. Finished 8th last week, 11th at the Open, 24th. At the Scottish Open, so it's top, top 25 his last three events. And he finished 17th here last year. So expect Hatton to uh, to keep riding that train. I'm not going to not I, like him, T-Dub? It's a good question. I mean, you look back on and, and he's, he's an angry play. elf. Well, and, and particularly before his last, uh, his last three events that I mentioned he played, well, he's playing really bad. He missed two cuts and finished 56th. At the U.S. Open, gaining or losing almost two strokes every single uh, event approach to green. So he had something going really wrong with his irons there for a little bit. But the last three weeks, like I mentioned, 1.3 approach, 0.3 approach, and 1.2 approach gain. So he's got to figure it out with his irons. I think that that's starting to transition a little bit. And I think another reason Colby at the analytics aren't high on just because there's so many other really good players in this field. And right. down at 7,800, it's just hard to, hard to be able to bump your way up to the top. Yeah, no doubt. I, uh, I'm going to move up to 7000 with my next one. I've got three players 7000 or cheaper, so that can probably tell you what I'm doing at the top. Uh, I'm going to run out Gary Woodland at 7000 a guy who has kind of popped at times. Uh, he played pretty well at the U.S. Open. He was top ten there. Uh, he had a couple more top tens, top fives earlier this season. He, he just – he's kind of been in that Gary Woodland mold where it's like, oh, let's throw out a top ten, and then now uh, we'll finish 69th, 86th, 30th, something like that. Uh, I think he's about due to circle back around, and he needs a good week to continue on in the playoffs. I'll take Gary Woodland at 7,000, and then I'm going to jump up to 8,000. On the train, all aboard. He's coming in hot, baby. 27 <laughs> on Sunday. Love me some Tom Kim. You know what he said he did after his first win? I mentioned it earlier. He didn't even look at the bank. He said, nope, all I need to do is go play good golf. That doesn't mean anything to me. I just need to go play good golf, and it'll all take care of itself. Tom Kim, he's in the right frame of mind. He went from outside the FedEx Cup to 35th with his win last week. 8,000 given to me. Like that pick, Cole. We got, got to, guys, as we know, you got to ride until he lets you down. So I, I, I'm going to go ahead and, and do that. I'm going to go up to 8,300, guys. I'm going to go with the Irishman Shane Lowry. I mean, because Sam mentioned before the break, am I going to be looking for guys who play this course well or people who don't? And this is a guy who plays this course well. He's finished 23rd, 6th, and 30th here and three appearances, and every time he's played here, he's gained more than a half a stroke approach to green. So as you can see, my trend here is, is guys that, that are good with their irons. I will say this about Shane Larry that worries me. His last five tournaments, even though he's made four or five cuts, all five of those tournaments he's lost almost – he's lost either half a stroke putting or more. So it, it's it's pretty I – mean, whatever he's got going on with the putter is bad. seems like he's holding a snake out there. So, But everything else in his game seems to be going pretty well. I expect Lowry to have a probably top 15, top 20 finish and keep doing what he's doing and not make a thing soon. Guys, I think I've found another great value guy in Sam Burns. I mean, 8,600 for Sam Burns, a guy that finished 21st here last year and went on the very, very hot streak in the middle of the year. Eight top 10s on the year, 15 of 21 made cuts. Sam Burns at 8,600 is too low. That's why I'm taking Sam Burns in that spot. And then give me Tony Finau at 9,700. Guy is the hottest player in golf right now. Quite possibly the last three weeks, the best ball striker in golf as well. Six top tens on the year, 17 of 22 made cuts, which means that he wasn't playing that bad before he got on this hot streak. And now the putter is rolling for him. He's learning how to win. Give me Tony Finau below 10,000 in DraftKings this week. I think that's a great value bet as well. Well, Sam, I think you're on to something with the value of Sam Burns because I have him at 8,600 and he is my winner. Of the golf tournament, boys, I think Sam Burns is going to have very big week. He did finish second here last year. His only other appearance was way back in 2015. I believe he's probably still an amateur at, at that time, Mr. Cut, so we're not even going to uh, really count that. And I'm looking here, guys. Uh, you look at his putting. He's only There's only been one tournament. That was the Byron Nelson. Since since coming over um, from the California swing where they putted on Poana, he's gained strokes putting every single tournament except for one. That's truly unbelievable. Whatever he's got 
rolling the flight. So you need to give Shane Lowry some of his putting is what he needs to do, and maybe that would be an absolute world leader. But also with Sam Burns, um, let me see here, five of the last seven tournaments, he, he's gained stroke scan approach. So once again, another iron, good iron player, and a guy who's putting good. Colby, 8,600, I don't know what his value is uh, betting-wise, but I think that's a great bet to win the tournament because he's kind of a guy that not many people are talking about, and I think he has a great chance to win. Actually going to pick him my winner of the tournament. Guys, yeah, he's a guy I, who just almost I'm an idiot. perpetually flies under the radar. Colby, I am an idiot. I have to say this. I just realized I've been reading off the finishes from the first playoff event last year, not TPC Southwind, because all this <laughs> football pool is stupid. Yeah, that's all the Northern Trust stuff. Okay, y'all, our site we use for one and done, if you click on previous results at that event, it pops them all up, but it just does the first playoff event, so Sam's looking at Liberty National. Uh, so. <laughs> hey, screw it, I'm going with it, Re- regardless. Yeah, hey, it's whatever. whatever. At this point, I mean, at this point, you're going with playoff form over course form. So, oh, uh, that is hilarious. Go. My top two guys, I, I saved a bunch of money. It's the playoff. I mean, it's time to let the big dogs eat. 10800 is Scotty Scheffler. 11000 is Rory McIlroy. Both of those guys uh, at times this year have looked like world beaters. And, and even the floor on those guys has been really high. I mean, a bad week for those guys isn't really a bad week. So I, I think I'm pretty safe with Scotty Scheffler and Rory McIlroy. Uh, I'd be surprised if both of those guys were at least in contention. On the weekend, it, it, it's hard. I mean, you could, like Woody said, you could throw a dart at the top 30 guys in the field and hit the winner. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I like both of those guys. So, 10-8, Scotty Scheffler, 11,000, Roy Duckworth. I was going to say, Colby, I mean, I knew you were going cheap and top-heavy, but I didn't know you were going that top-heavy. That's pretty impressive Yes, there. sir. Top two, baby. Uh, so, I, I'm going to steal one of those picks at 11,000. Give me the give me the PGA Tour spokesman, Roy McIlroy. Going back to the Valero Texas Open where he missed the cut before the Masters, he has not finished outside of the top 20, guys. And only two of those starts he's had, I believe here, eight of them, only two of those starts are outside the top ten. So, Rory's got something figured out. Colby's exactly right. He's going to play really good this week. I still have Sam Burns as my win in the tournament. But Rory is on another level. Stroke scan approach. Only the, the Valero Texas home, like I mentioned, is the only tournament going all the way back to the start of 2022 that he has lost stroke scan approach. And every tournament he's gained a million strokes off the tee because he's getting his driver back to the elite level like it was back in 2014. So, Going to go ahead and ride a little bit of Rory Sam. Don't think he's going to win, but I, I would be pretty shocked if he's not that top five, top ten uh, on Sunday. Give me John Rahm at 10,000 because that's too low for John Rahm to round it out. What do you guys think? Boy, Rahm is going under the radar, isn't he? It seems like we haven't talked about him in like six months. I know. He, he really is. And John Rahm, I mean, 14 of 15 made cuts on the year, five top tens. He's had a down year, but as far as DraftKings goes, I think that John Rahm is, is kind of, you know, Week in, week out, one of your best bets for DraftKings, right, Colby? Yeah, I mean, Rom's still always very solid. He just hasn't had a flashy season. And a lot of guys do that, where they have a huge season, then they follow it up with a good season. And John Rom has had a good season, but there has been so much going on in the world of golf. So our actual, like, deep dive conversations over guys, you know, how they're playing, you know, stroke gain, all that stuff, we, we've just all had less of those conversations because more of that time, has been devoted to live and to all the the drama taking place in the golf world. So John Rom, somehow, John Rom has flown completely under the radar. It feels like for for half the year. So uh, yeah, I think that that's always a good thing. Well, we remember too, guys. I mean, at the start of this year, he was especially in the analytics. He's already number one in the world, but analytically, he was head and shoulders the number one player in the world by a lot. And now you look at it, he's he's sixth in the world overall, and he's eighth in, in the analytics. So he's really had what's quote-unquote to be a down year for him, even though you look at the metrics and only a couple of events, he's really not gaining that many strokes, uh, especially approaching off the tee. But the last couple weeks in particular, those numbers are still positive, but yet they're still on the decline. You know, 34th, 55th, 48th of the PGA finishes like that. So it'll be interesting to see, Sam, if he's able to get back on that mega heater like he was on at the uh, at the end of last year and even when he had to withdraw from the Memorial. Hey, if anyone could do it, I think I would bet on John Rahm to be able to do that. Uh, one and done, guys. I am going Aaron Wise, and I am going Alexander Norin. Now, part of that was previous course history, which I thought, you know, that it was giving me TPC Southwind numbers. So, uh, But 
Let's go first playoff event last year. They played well. Uh, plus, I gave you the reasons why I think they will play well this week in my DraftKings lineup. So give me Aaron Wise and Alex Noren. And by the way, I'm trying to pick guys that aren't necessarily going to make uh, make the Tour Championship. You know what I mean? I, I think that I have to save a couple of these guys uh, for later on in the playoffs, right, T-Dub? Yes, you're exactly right. I mean, after after this week, we'll only have four picks left at the same time. You definitely you need at least two players who are playing in the Tour Championship to be able to pick them. So definitely going to do that. I've got a couple people saved just because I have no chance to cash in the pool at all, but I, you can still win this end of season FedEx pool. So that's going to be what I'm shooting for. I'm going to go ahead and, like I said, save a couple of guys. I'm going to go with Seamus Power. That's a guy who's played here twice back in 2017, 2018, finished 27th and 12th, and he wasn't as good of a player now or then as he is now. And did miss the cut at the Open, but before that had three straight top 30 finishes. One of, one of them was a 12th at the U.S. Open. So Seamus Power was on a really good heater earlier in the year. Hopefully he can get a little bit of form there. And then with my other pick, I'm going to go with a guy that, that Colby absolutely adored at uh, when we were up at the PJ Championship, and we hadn't talked about him in some time. I feel like that's Joaquin Neiman. I think that he's going to have a pretty good week. Finished 17th here last year, gained almost a full shot off the tee, so you know that he's confident um, in in the uh, in the sight lines and stuff like that off the tee. And he gained over a stroke putting here last year. So I expect him to get that train going on, and that's just another one of those names, Colby. It seems like we haven't talked a whole lot about him, but he could come out and be just like Scheffler and, and Fino have. It seems like once he can get another one of those wins, he might be able to start an avalanche. Yeah, Taylor, I think that you're really going to like my one-and-done picks this week because it's two guys you've spoken very highly of at various points throughout this podcast. Number one, Mr. Joaquin Neiman. Joaquin Neiman had one of the most impressive performances of the season earlier this year at Genesis, winning wire-to-wire, hard, firm, fast golf course, played great. And he's been good at a lot of other times this season. Hasn't won again. He's played really solid golf. I've kind of got six guys left that I want to use over the next three weeks. And this week I'm running out Joaquin Neiman and Sam Burns. I've been saving some of these guys all year who are high up in the How do you still have Sam Burns season. available? That is unbelievable. Yeah. But, I mean, if we're being honest, I probably should have used him already. Preferably uh, <laughs> one of the times that That's he's going to be it, it is. I've, I've been running out some, uh, I don't know, J.J. Spawns of the world. Actually, I still have J.J. Spawn available, so I should throw out a different name. But, uh, yeah, no, Joaquin Neiman and Sam Burns, my two guys that I'm running out. Uh, and I've still got four very big guns to run out the next two weeks. So I'm feeling probably more optimistic than I should going into this last little playoff segment because I feel like I could really run out some big names and still win this thing. Guys, did we miss anything? Obviously, tomorrow we are going to have a big live lawsuit recap show. Um, there's a possibility of having a very special guest tomorrow, so we decided to table all of our live talk, even though it's the number one uh, topic in golf right now, until tomorrow, guys. But did we miss anything regarding Memphis yeah, this week? Yeah, yeah well, we haven't missed anything with, with, Memphis, with Memphis, Sam. Well, I guess kind of because that's has to do with the official World Golf Rankings, but I'd like to talk just a second about the changes that, that they made to that in that system because I feel like we kind of have to because we talk about strength of field every week and it's that, that's not the metrics not even called that anymore it's called field rating so I just want to highlight a few things that changed there so we we talked before previously that the world ranking the strength of field is really determined on the top 200 players that were in the field and now that's not going to be the case it's going to be in the compass of every single player that's in the field and one of the biggest things that they're changing guys is they're taking away the uh, I guess what they would call the minimum point requirements to give to tournaments where I was talking about like the Asian tour and some of the lesser European tour events where they still get a lot of points for winning even though strength of field is not very good well that's being completely done there's been some complaints like Ian Poulter Lee Westwood coming out saying that how it just pretty much makes the tour by far the top tour and every other tour will be a feeder tour because those other tours won't get those uh, those points that they need. So definitely some changing going on in the world ranking. They're going to encompass, uh, you know, a strokes gain type of metric in there as well. So I, I don't know, guys. I, Colby, you might even have a little bit more insight with the Golf Channel stuff. It seems like that these are all fairly good changes, but it will probably take some time because the, the past world rankings aren't changing. So it'll take a little bit of time for this full point system to start, to, you know, start showing a little bit of light. Yeah, definitely will. Some people kind of freaked out on Twitter when they saw that uh, the OWGR site was down and stuff earlier in the week with all the conversation that's been going on. This was nothing more than a planned update to the system to modernize it in a way, uh, just trying to use more data. I mean, I mean, they're not using all the data available. They weren't using all the data available, and now they're going to start doing that. So 
the, the new ranking is going to have field ratings for each event that are based on each player's strokes gained world rating. And that is determined by round-by-round stroke play scores that are adjusted for the relative difficulty of each round. The, then the sum of those performance points uh, is, is going to determine the field rating, which effectively replaces strength of field. Previously, only players in the top 200 determined field strength. That will not be the case anymore. That top 200 number is now essentially null and void, and, it, and it's going to be determined more by round-by-round stroke play scores adjusted for relative difficulty. Uh, I, look, I don't know. If, if, if anybody wants to speculate about what that means for Liv, I don't know. Probably nothing. Like I said, this is already meant to be rolled out anyway. Uh, but, yeah, probably a better system moving forward to give us a more accurate representation of who is currently the best player in the world. Uh, you know, the guy misses 10 cuts in a row. Well, he was good six months ago. You know, I, I think that that will start to show itself a little bit less. Yeah, oh, got, and one other thing, too. One other thing, too, I forgot to say is that uh, before there were some events that would take place to where if you made the cut, there would be possibly a scenario where you didn't get any world ranking points. That's something else that is going to change. So no matter what the tournament is, if you make the cut, you will you will get world ranking points. So that might have some prevalence if there ends up being like last week where 86 players make the cut. All 86 would get some sort of a world ranking point. Guys, I like the uh, the strokes gain changes to it. That sounds like a really good idea. We'll obviously talk quite a bit more about official world golf ranking tomorrow. Um, it, that'll take a lot more time than you know sixty seconds here to end the show. But um, but as far as the strokes gained, guys, I think that's innovative, and, and you know we have the technology. Why not use it, right, Colby? Oh, sorry, I was on mute. I had the, uh, the baby going a little bit crazy. Uh, no, I, I think it's definitely a better system. And like I said, it's just it's modernized. They, they had to do something. We've got all this data out there telling us, no, this guy's better, this guy's better, this guy's better, this guy should fall here. And we just weren't using any of it. Uh, you know, changes in golf can, can tend to be a little bit slow. Changes in sports can tend to be a little bit slow because people are used to the way things have always been done uh, and kind of like it. But, no, I, I think that the updates to the system and the modernizing of the system is a good thing. Guys, that was a great show. We said we were going to do a short show. It ended up being almost an hour here, guys. So uh, we, we will be back either tomorrow or Friday, still waiting to hear um, on what the final verdict is on that. But promise you, I promise you, it's going to be a hit of a show, whether uh, we have our special guest or not, guys. Uh, I'm very excited for it. Are you guys excited, T-Dub? I am excited, and I'll say this, you know, it was actually nice to do a show today where I felt like I didn't have to get pissed off at the world because I was thinking about, uh, uh, you know, all the stuff that, that, the, that the lawsuit's causing. So, I'm really looking forward to tomorrow's show. We'll go ahead and get some stuff out. Obviously, we'll be talking mainly about the news that broke yesterday of the players not being allowed to play in the FedEx Cup playoffs at Gooch, Swafford, and Matt Jones, but we'll also get into some more details, obviously, with Cam Smith going to. So I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be a great show, but it was nice to have a, uh, you know, this was almost like a breather show because it just felt a lot more relaxed. Absolutely. Any time that we can just talk about golf, it is a good day. Uh, Colby, thank you for joining us today. T-Dub, thank you as well, as well as our man Woody. We will be back when we are back, guys. Uh, We will see you guys on the other side. Visit GolfOklahoma.org and get all of your local golf news. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Twitter at the 73rd hole. Instagram at 73rd hole. Thank you so much for listening today. You've been listening to the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma.